Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reef Podcast. Today's guest is a podcaster, content creator, a stroke survivor and disability advocate, Diana Zuparo. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm, I always look forward to doing podcasts and uh, my show, like the, the MO of the show pretty much is sharing like life stories, going into depth on that and just mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know. I mean, I suppose in many ways, it's kind of like a a show that when you listen to it, maybe you walk away feeling inspired or you look at life a little bit differently, you know. Um, And I personally always get something from it. So that's why I always Mm -hmm. look forward to doing it. And as I mentioned off camera, obviously, we plan to do this show some time ago. I have questions here from um, one of my followers who sent them in, who was eager to get some questions in as well um so i'm happy to just jump into this really if, if yeah you are. yeah cool let's do it so let's go, let's go start heavy um <laughs> <laughs> okay right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you suffered a stroke at f- age 14 yeah uh, bef- before we get to that i just want to kind of just like reflect on that for a second because i think generally speaking when most people think of a stroke and uh, young you're like uh all the people (laughs) generally yeah Yeah. i mean there's i'm sure again i'm not an expert on these things but generally it can be um from pre-existing heart conditions it can be a genetic Mm -hmm. thing or whatever it could also be as a product of lifestyle but generally that's something we attribute to to older people um Mm -hmm. i wondered do you have you found out like why you experienced this stroke at such a young age like what the no, reason it was unknown mm. and it was unknown and yeah <laughs> i wonder yeah. like if they've would have maybe considered like if they haven't already like con- conducting research on that like you know well, moving forward we already did oh you did like, after <laughs> my stroke and it was unknown like yeah. I tested it and tested it again and negative. What kind of tests did you do to um a blood test and genetic testing and stuff like that and negative negative. <laughs> yeah. In your bio that you sent over to me, it said that you actually died three times in the operating room yeah because it like my brain swelled so much and i had a craniotomy could you um just explain that a little bit for our viewers that might not be familiar with what that is a craniotomy is a piece of bone removed oh wow okay and that essentially saved your life then yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think if I remember correctly, when I originally put out the message regarding like, cause I was looking for guests some time ago mm-hmm. and I was, I was discussing, um, I had quite a few people on the show discussing near death experiences. And I'm curious, cause obviously I, I want to kind of cover your experiences and, and what this has led to and everything um, in a bit more detail. But before we get there, I, I just want to kind of explore when you're out, you know, when you're declared, you know, dead temporarily, did you see anything? Was there anything that you recall 
maybe that you saw while you were out a lot of people and stories online sort of indicate that it's quite common to experience for example like a a white light at the end of a tunnel or or, you know something like that yeah um it was a tunnel (laughs) yeah yeah the white tunnel how did it feel I honestly, it was, I was passed out and with uh, medicine and on the table dying. <laughs> right. And um, I, I not remember it at all. Oh, I see. As in, so it's kind of one of those things like when you look back now, it's like, this was always like hazy memories or have you had to yeah. kind of, re- okay yeah do you think that might be from like a trauma perspective or is that more just as you say like the drugs just knocked you out kind of thing um both (laughs) because trauma like i have a post-mag stress disorder now because okay um (laughs) i was in the ambulance uh four times and just seeing ambulance like rides well animal animal no (laughs) sorry i have aphasia as well aphasia is a loss of speech after a tbi or stroke wow okay yeah (laughs) um i didn't read write or speak after just putting it out there um what was the question uh tbi uh ambulance uh rides yes um just i have a modified car and driving like on the road and seeing uh sirens and stuff going by and triggered me and cry a lot on the road and i had uh therapy for it and now i'm fine now but (laughs) It was uh, really frustrating. <laughs> it's amazing how the human brain works with regards to these things, because it's like, you know, many years ago, I think I think now we're kind of getting to the point where it's truly understood just, just the impact of things like PTSD and what that means. As you just labeled there, you know, it's something that can, can trigger something else and then it puts you back in that state. And of course, when mm-hmm. you're experiencing trauma head on your body and your mind, et cetera, do things to protect you. And then of course, when you find a scenario that feels even remotely similar to that, it's obviously triggers that those responses. And again, your body trying to protect you, but from a conscious level, it's like, how do you even begin to like manage that? I mean, it's, 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 it's very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say just on a side note as well, uh, ambulances and just, police cars etc like really really loud like piercing like i right oh my god like i understand that you got to let people know like get out of the way there's an emergency but like does it have to be quite so painful <laughs> i mean sometimes i walk down the street and i'll hear it and I-, I have to just stop for like a couple of seconds and just wince with pain because it's just <laughs> it's do you know i mean like if, if your desired impact is for people to get out of the way you i mean it <laughs> like I don't know. It's not really going to work because everyone's just going to be paralyzed. Like, ah, ah. Yes. 
uh, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's um let's walk a little bit through the rehabilitation process. So this happens, and presumably you're you're in hospital for uh, quite some time, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. After afterwards, yep. how long how long were you in hospital for? Um, it was two weeks, like at the hospital, and I transferred to um the rehab for six weeks and then i was home after so walk us through like what the what the rehab looked like like how did they help to kind of build you back to a place where you could kind of feel more like yourself again well um first day of like rehab i was stuck in bed and I was paralyzed on my right. Yeah. (laughs) And um, they, the second, third, fourth, um, I was up and um, in a wheelchair. Um, And then I was going to therapy and stuff for uh my hand and my leg um and then i yeah um and then yeah i had a uh afo brace on my leg um a afo brace is a um well can i show you kushka I'll have to explain it for the the listeners. <laughs> yeah, um, that's oh jeez, oh, oh okay, that's the can't quite make it out. Phrase. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh oh, it oh. looks kind of what I see is a bright white screen right now. <laughs> um, kind of like a metal brace. It's it's very blurry. Yeah. We might have to just include that afterwards, maybe. I'll include maybe a link to the image afterwards. But from what I could make out, it's kind of like a metal <laughs> like a metal brace at the bottom. Exactly, yes. Like yeah. Um, just a brace because I have foot drop. Foot okay. drop is a neuro-like thing. <laughs> um, not regular walking on my right. Um just legs there's there's so much to unpack here i mean okay <laughs> i know no i mean I, th- I think i think the thing there's a couple of things because okay you're age 14 mm-hmm. this is like a really heavy experience for anyone at any age to to deal with but being a teenager you know you've got all these different things you've got school you've got um, well i social was, life well i was in like the higher classes as oh, well okay like i was kind of smart <laughs> as well <laughs> and i was involved with uh cello playing in the swimming as well. team as well from what i yeah, read yeah yeah and i was in uh uh soccer dance basketball track and field and swimming before we kind of address that, I, I want to kind of understand where your head's at immediately after this has happened. So kind of, you know, because 
I'll say that just on a side note, not yeah. by any way by comparison, but I suffer from a disorder called uh, sleep paralysis. And okay. um, it really, like, it's, I'm terrified of that, I'll be honest. Um, so I can only imagine what it was like kind of being in a bed and you're paralyzed. You know, right. But like it, cause with sleep paralysis, it lasts temporarily. You mm-hmm. wake up and then it goes away, but this is like all the time. Right. So it's mm-hmm. what's going through your head at this point. Well, are you saying like immediately after my stroke or in the rehab? Well, let's do, let's, yeah, let's do like a timeline. So immediately after it happens, let's, well, let's, let's walk through that. Um, I was paralyzed on my left and my right side. Okay. Actually, because I don't know why, but <laughs> it was... Uh, totally paralyzed um and i had no speech gone um and the emts rushed me to the hospital and i was wheeled down to go to the mri machine and i passed out in the elevator to go to the uh MRI machine. Um, Given that you couldn't obviously tell the doctors what was wrong, do you know exactly. how they? Do you know how they figured it out? Like, well, how they... my scans. Okay. Yeah. So, so they, when they were bringing you in, I guess they were kind of blind in a sense because until they got those scans. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Like immediately, like rush into the hospital and i had no voice Mm. no voice and um i was in my bathing suit at the time Mm -hmm. and um the nurse uh cut my bathing suit off and that was so pretty like the bathing suit (laughs) wow (laughs) just kidding but Hey, no, listen, like that's painful too, man. You lose something you love, like your <laughs> clothes wise. Yeah. <laughs> Just naked and and braid. <laughs> I mean, okay, so how long is it until your family reach the hospital? I mean, that, I mean, that's kind of um, a good point to touch on as well. Like you you're yeah, all, it's a bunch yeah. of strangers there. Did it did anyone who came with you in the ambulance initially? Like Um, my J V coach. Okay. So you've got uh, someone there you know at least. Yeah. Um, and then my family was running late actually um to the swim uh well swimming sectionals um and my my uh coach the uh varsity coach Mm -hmm. um called my brother also on the swim team like different uh time and said hey diana is going to the hospital at strong and mom said oh probably um not eat or something just uh hydrated and stuff oh that's fine and oh she doesn't she doesn't get like the seriousness of the situation just uh, yeah yeah just yeah and it was um 
yeah. <laughs> um, and then, like, half hour later, mm. I say, um, uh, my family was in my room in the ED. Um, and it was serious. Um, and then my dad was in the room and I stared at him blankly, not like, oh man. Anyway. <laughs> um, was it just kind of like a, you just know, like, did, did you have a sense of what was going on? Like, are you? F- yes. So you're fully aware. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like cognitively was like with it, but you panicking in this moment or are you calm or i was calm and collected (laughs) actually um but i didn't speak and my left and my right side was like numb as well i mean it was totally paralyzed and Oh man! I know it's a lot. <laughs> you take you take, you take your time, like we don't have to push with this. I understand. Um and yeah, um, just passed out in the elevators to go to the MRI machine, and later, um, the doctor told my family she, well, Diana, uh suffered a major stroke yeah how did did your parents take that news did they um my mom you know like it was um she was on the ground like crying Mm. um and it was like scary (laughs) <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> um let's move it a bit forward so yeah how, how 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 soon was it before you started to kind of receive or i'm gonna put this frame this better uh before you your body stopped kind of being paralyzed because obviously you, you mentioned there that both sides of your body were paralyzed you couldn't speak couldn't all do yeah. all these things i would imagine that these things slowly but surely over the coming weeks came back and and, and such but yeah. how long is that before you start kind of feeling well, again um a couple of days later um i had my left side not paralyzed okay <laughs> um but, <Something>. but <laughs> yeah um and totally paralyzed on my right side um but um i remember i love uh vanilla milkshakes <laughs> Me <too>. and <laughs> and i do not like chocolate milkshakes and um the speech therapist was in my room with a um chocolate milkshake Mm. and i can't express it like i want vanilla 
yeah, but not talk, and I drank it anyway. Oh, man, that was not good. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm guessing you're right-handed as well, so you couldn't like write it down or something. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yes. I and I totally lost my reading as well and oh, wow. writing i was totally mute that's interesting that's interesting that you'd lose your ability to to read in in that mm-hmm. scenario do you think it's just because your mind was just at that point working a bit slower or or no just think- like it was totally gone zero reading wow. not writing no anything um uh now I am not uh 100% college level reading yet. Okay. As well. I'm getting there, but not yet. <laughs> How many years has it been since uh 11 and a half years ago? Mad. Um <laughs> right <laughs> yeah no it's it's worth a lot it's, it's a journey isn't it it's it's it goes in stages um yeah let's run it back to obviously when you're beginning your rehabilitation so yeah. run us through how you're feeling when you reach there because obviously you got in at a hospital that's good mm-hmm. now begins the recovery process mm-hmm. where's your head at um i was pretty uh not with it because having the trauma and stuff Mm -hmm. and um uh it was (laughs) well and i had um surgery on my head as well and um the doctor uh took out the staples and stuff and I was in a helmet as well. Oh my gosh. For for months. Months. Yeah. Were you ever <laughs> able to turn did you have to sleep like that? Yeah. Oh my well, gosh. Well, no, having the helmet removed for bed, but, <laughs> but yeah, but it's I mean it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Like you're gonna <sighs> Exactly. Oh but feeling um I was like I was totally with it in my head like a full speech not like totally with it but can't speak so what are you thinking in this time like what's going through your head like are you thinking about the, the swimming and stuff and 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 like how are you going to get back to that or are you just happy to be alive like what's what's going through your head at this point well i <laughs> it was so long ago um feeling um i was pretty depressed at the time because going into uh the rehab and stuff like why me why Mm -hmm. having so many good things in my life why me and i was warming up to swim sectionals and i got out of the pool and i told my friends like i am not feeling good and i sat in a chair 10 seconds later i was on the ground and my 
speech was gone and paralyzed on my left and my right. I didn't go into like the race like in a couple of minutes. And I'm like, why having the um race and then having a stroke? What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> but no, God said now. <laughs> Well, that's a, that's a that's a good point, actually. Like, all these years later, like, what what do you make of that situation now? Like, how you've sort of moved from it, and you know, like, obviously, we'll we'll get into like what you've done yeah. as a, as a result of this. But like, as far as like how you feel about the whole thing, do you feel sense of anger or resentment, or is it more a sense of triumph because of what you've overcome? Like, how do you feel about it? Um. I feel like in the beginning time, I was really depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, I was kind of happy because I am talking to you fine and seeing the progress mm-hmm. and stuff over 11 years. And totally mute versus now I'm talking to you. I mean, I am kind of okay with it now (laughs) and moved on with it and stuff. And, oh man, I, yeah. (laughs) I get it, man. And off off the cuff of this, yesterday actually, I believe was the debut of the documentary that you've been working on, which covers this experience. So talk me through what actually talk me through how it felt just kind of going to the premiere and seeing this unfold. And what was that like for you? Um, I am, it was, uh, thankful because having my family and friends, coming to the premiere was like really happy <laughs> time and it was 85 people coming what good turn out yeah um and i'm super thankful from yesterday that's <laughs> awesome that's 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 um walk through a little bit like how this documentary came to be so it covers obviously like like how was it constructed how did they put this documentary together um at first um they well what do you mean (laughs) so obviously typically documentaries will either follow someone for a certain amount of time or you know i imagine with this it's probably a case of a lot of interviews about when it took place and your recovery yes. process. Okay. Yeah. And then okay. obviously years later, how you're doing, where you're at. So yeah. what can people um, expect when they when they hear it? Well, before, during, and after. Mm. Like time. Um before um talking about well, my mom and dad talked about um like me 
in so much sports and cello playing and in the play and stuff like that and um, going to sectionals and um, having my stroke and stuff. And um, it was everybody cried in one scene because my dad cried in the uh, talking about my experience <laughs> and um, everybody's cried <laughs> um, understandably so and then after that um, it was to me and I said like I am Diana and I am a stroke survivor but it was two years in the making, actually, um, because it was like, I think my mom and my dad's interviews first, like two years ago. And then, and then, um, I th- think my mine too and then um actually um i went to intense therapy uh out of state as well and my um well doctor edward taub was on zoom with me and Tyler uh, a year and a half ago and really good insight with that. It's awesome. uh, Yeah. (laughs) What would you say has been the biggest lesson or takeaway from this experience for you? With the documentary or in general? In general you need to fight for your life because I've been there. I've been through it and people like just keep going, keep going, keep going. That's that's, that's pretty beautiful. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Um, And yeah, biggest lesson from, from the documentary as well. So it's a a big undertaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was, what was the biggest lesson from that that you got? Um, just, I say, um, pretty well done with our part. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Takeaway, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> it was like, like, after we um uh having the done and over with i was in the car and i'm like did we really do that (laughs) (laughs) i'm like breathe again and (laughs) stuff i've always been a big fan of documentaries just because it covers obviously a certain portion of your life and it it's it's reality isn't it you know i mean obviously i know that 
sometimes you can skew reality and stuff but for the most part typically documentaries are a, a, a really accurate interesting reflection of life and a snippet into someone's life mm-hmm. and you gain so much from it you know like i'm Definitely. sure with people hearing your story it's it's going to be very inspiring for them particularly if they're going through something similar um to know that you know you you can get through it and you can be the other side you could be talking about it and being like hey listen it's okay i got through it so can you you know exactly and i am volunteering at the local uh brain injury unit right yeah wow so um so so you have a dream to set up like an intensive care clinic to help brain injury survivors yes um they have no intense uh clinic in new york state well in u.s (laughs) um and i went out of state for intense therapy and i feel like it was helpful so helpful because um i had intense uh speech and language therapy Mm -hmm. um over well seven times um and it was super helpful and my reading not 100% college level but like I was like simple words I got it (laughs) um but with my clinic I want to open up the intense clinic here in Rochester uh New York (laughs) Best of luck with that. Um, Thank you. I just want to reflect a little bit on your recovery process from as far as, you know, your speech therapy and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to obviously to learn, say, language, but to relearn something that you've lost. Mm-hmm. Over us, again. <laughs> right. Like walk us, walk us through like what that was like for you and, and also how, like what kind of things they got you to do to help get you back to where you need to be. Yeah, um, the, at first I was totally mute and I learned two words in the in the rehab. First word was no. First Use, word. Useful. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Not yes, but no. Yep. And mom. Mm-hmm. The second word. You get it? No, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but um, just two words, and then I was going home and stuff, and I relearned names at first. Um, I had like Hannah and Ron, my uncle Ron, um, and simple words like mom, dad, Joe, my brother um and stuff and then um just let's see yeah like just simple things like having um well i didn't pronounce any thing and learning how to you know, like at two or three mm-hmm. years old, having like A, what is A make? Mm-hmm. Just like that. 
over again. And it was <laughs> frustrating. But yeah, I was, was going to say that because it's, like, it. it's, like, it's like you know these things, but then you're also having to teach your brain these things again. Like, exactly. Yeah. So, but what does it feel like? Is it like a blocker or something? Like you're, you're trying yeah. to make those connections and it's just and not there? In my head, like cat, let's say. And cat, in my head, I got it, but mm-hmm. not pronounce it correctly. Uh, it's like a delay almost in a sense. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. Yeah. It's a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, I, sp- I suppose I don't know if this is any way similar, but you know, sometimes like people talk about things like uh, brain fog, and they talk about this concept of not quite being with it, or that you, you you're trying maybe say to focus on something, yes, but you just can't because it's just cloudy. Was it like that in any way? Yes, all the time. <laughs> in the beginning time yep so like how long until it kind of stopped feeling like that would you say um what do you mean so as in that feeling of like brain fog sort of goes away and you're much more with it uh, yeah in a manner (laughs) of speaking yeah yeah that was like at least two or three years after my stroke um, because I relearn how to speak over many years, not like day one. Oh, speak again. No. 100th day. No. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. like a train, like say train one day, but not the next. Oh, wow. Okay. Like having the word in my head but not like came out with it so I love that it's almost like muscle memory in a sense you're kind of having to yeah yeah like like get your memory to like remember this stuff like it's like come on come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep wow um <laughs> I, I i gotta ask like how obviously this affected your studies you know you're 14 so i know in yep. the states so we do it a little bit differently here. We we end uh, senior school education at 16 and then you have two years education, but you have choice where you do that, right? But I know mm-hmm. in America, it's the same as most places in the world where it's up to 18. Um, so how do, you, how do you get through this? Like, do you know what I mean? Because obviously it's, it's, as you said, you had to relearn to read, write, everything. Right, yeah. So what did you do? Did you get pushed back or did you just kind of power through? Um, like how did it work? Technically I was in the like fifth year of school. Um, but, um, I had speech therapy in school as well. Um, and the fifth year was, um, halftime in like, uh, high school. And then, like and then i went to the local uh college for a class as well um and at first well i have a note taker as well like after my stroke um throughout school in general i have a note taker now 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, but at first I was like first day of 10th grade, like walking in the first day, um, like back. Um, and I, well, the surgeon, uh, cut my hair off fully (laughs) and I had my leg brace as well. And every, uh, buddy stared like I Mm. walk down the hallway and I didn't really speak because like, how are you today? Mm. That was not there. Like, I didn't say it. And that was 10 months after my stroke. Um, I didn't really say that, like, three-word sentence at all. Um. So were you able to retain friendships at all? Well, I was pretty popular, popular mm-hmm. um, before and zero friends. Well, I lied, like three after. Um, wow. So they just, <laughs> a lot of people just step back, like. Yeah. And okay. one well, ex-friend, um, before my stroke, I was, like, friends with mm. him, and, like, two days after my accident, my best friend was in school, and he was talking to her and said, hey, Diana die? Thank God. Oh and I'm my like, God. what the Jesus. heck? She told me, and I'm like, what the heck? <sighs> no, I am fully alive. <laughs> Some people are just real pieces mean. of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, there's no. <laughs> Uh, yeah there's, there's no other way of putting it like I, I i mean i will say this i i do understand okay i think for maybe a lot of people when you were at school and you come back from that they probably just didn't know what to say because you just don't have yeah. that level of emotional maturity to, to do you know what i mean like yeah everybody but, was like 14 15 16 right. you kids I mean, exactly yeah and i'm like what about like a like person having a stroke not me particularly and like feeling bad with that person but not talk to him Mm. um, like anymore as well like I don't really, I don't know, like switch roles. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, again, it takes a lot of emotional maturity, I think, to to put yourself in someone's place. I mean, mean, you mentioned there you had three people that that stood by you. 
yeah. uh, I imagine those three people were people capable of doing that, you know? Yeah. Like it's, well, and I, I think it's a good metaphor for life as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know who your friends are when you go through something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I grew up really fast mm-hmm. because I had to as well. So walk, walk us through, like, you finish high school, you move forward. Like, what, what does it look like when you're going out, say, into the job world or university, that kind of stuff? Like, like how, how did yeah, you move forward with that? I went to um, the local uh, college with uh, a note taker mm-hmm. as well um, throughout, like, school in general um and i had um two classes in uh college because my mental capacity was like just two classes that's it (laughs) for now um and then um and then like a couple uh one and a half two years after that i switched over to three classes and then after that a couple of years later i transferred to a different college um and then i had four classes and um i uh graduated in public health last year congratulations undergrad yes thank you um and then now i am in my master's right now in disability studies that's right now and i am not technically going to work like still um because i am fully invested with school right now so you think it may be you think you might go down the research path maybe possibly i don't know (laughs) i think because one thing i've noticed about survivors of say life-threatening illnesses or Mm -hmm. events etc is that the the types of avenues people tend to go down are research or you know, say public speaking or, you know, like either sharing the experience, trying to inspire others or Mm -hmm. trying to get to the bottom of, hey, what can we learn about this? How can we help others kind of thing? And obviously you've already mentioned that you're doing things like trying to set up intensive care clinics to help with these things. Obviously you're studying, you're studying disabilities. So like, do do you have like a, a, say like an end goal in mind? Well, yeah, I want to um, advocate for others <laughs> um and influencer and stuff mm-hmm. um and uh public speaking as yeah. well um but the main goal in life is having the open up the clinic but that is like years <laughs> um later <laughs> it'll happen i believe but, it. <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right 
I got some stroke related questions uh, that come from uh, a follower of mine. Thanks, Vilma. And uh, she always sends out awesome questions. And this this is, I, I just read the email when she sent me this, 10th of March, 2023. So it was a while ago. <laughs> but um, I've sifted through, I've got some good questions here from her. One of them stood out to me. What would you say stroke sufferers and patients are in most need of? So I'll break this question Ooh. down a little bit. So let's say initially when it happens, and then mm-hmm. also long-term uh, recovery. Well, long-term, um, one insurance uh, my dad had, not right now, but in the like in the past, um, the insurance company had just twenty therapy sessions over one year. Yeah, in uh, New York State. And, and it was frustrating because having like so much therapy and stopped it because of insurance, um, insurance problems are really bad in like the U S because I paid, well, not particularly me but my parents paid out of pocket to go to the intense therapy for me because it was like fifteen thousand dollars for one therapy session how much yeah i knew american healthcare bills were a lot but that's insane how much is this so how long would a session be um it was over three weeks um it was like four hours of intense therapy just one limb or my speech and then um having like two hours of homework each day for three weeks um yeah and including like airfare hotel like easy 25,000 um but you said like looking back to that question can you uh have that question again please yeah also um from let's say from like when it initially happens is there anything that people are in most need of like so oh. the way the way i take this question is meaning like resources and obviously if you, as you've said there a big thing is tackling it so maybe it's more affordable or more accessible so that's certainly yeah. part of it but is there anything else maybe from a resources perspective or support perspective or, in, or anything well else? well more awareness is really good because more and more people young having a stroke any like stroke um and research about it Mm. as well um but it is like what do you mean like therapy portion or like in general I, th- I think it's just general general like yeah you know, what do you need most uh, yeah i mean initial like 
um, stroke, like having therapy every day for months. And, um, but with not particularly therapy portion, but resources, like I have now, um, access VR access VR is paying for all of my schooling and it is not in my pocket oh. um Good. and with my accident like go into access VR um and they paid for my computer gas money to go to college and back um textbooks in uh alternate format because i can't read like 100 percent yet and um listening to my books in like class um that is the big issue and they paid for my modifications in my car as well that's awesome um but with that like more insight to everything because i am volunteering again in the brain injury unit right now well not right now but (laughs) every friday and like i i talk to the patients about like access vr and stuff not like the therapist and like including driving again after a incident as well they have modifications like really like intense modifications in the car not my car but in general and like more insight more yeah (laughs) no i get get what you're saying yeah Yeah. there's there's always more that can be done to kind of improve exactly experience and and such exactly i mean (laughs) uh Anyway, a couple of final questions for you, um, completely unrelated to what we've spoken to today. Mm-hmm. Spoken about today, sorry. What's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? Life is so short and roll with it. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, crazy as well. As I get older, it's getting increasingly more and more and more and more like that. And of course I hear stories from wonderful people like yourself as well. And it, it kind of reinforces that in my mind of like doing as much as you can, as often as you can, and really just making the most of every day. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean like, Oh, every day I got a clown Mount Everest or something. It's just mm-hmm. like everything you do, you do with passion everything you do you do with love or you you just try to make the most and really yeah, and be happy it mess yeah as well exactly. not the negatives about life uh positive in life and 
<laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, final question for you. Do you have any upcoming projects or some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Oh, projects. Um, the what? Oh, um, growing my TikTok account. Ah, yes. Um, and then, yeah, um, I am. We are having a podcast. Yeah, the called, Stroke of Luck podcast. Yes. Yep. Um, just eight episodes for now, and then possibly in the fall, um, having the second season. Um, and then just in my master's for now and planning my wedding. Congratulations. Thank you. After, uh, my schooling ends and then, yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Whatever the future holds. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your story and and just kind of going through everything with us. It's it's been a real pleasure having you on. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) And uh, to all the listeners of the Christian Read Podcast, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you found it as inspiring as I do because I know I love to do this show and never failed to be inspired by these wonderful people. Um, Thank you so much for listening, for watching, and until next time, I'll see you in the next one.